0: Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. I'm Tim Reagan, your host, and joining me as usual is Katie Youngland. Hi, Katie. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm good. You know, today we're going to be talking about, uh, well, I guess last time, we talked a little bit about how do you find significance in retirement? And we talked about what does it take to fill your box? Uh, And now that you've got all this extra time, what are the things that you're going to put into that box? and How do you spend that time? Today, we're going to shift topics a little bit, and we're going to look at How do you fund it? It's great to have a box. It's great to fill it up with a lot of fun stuff. Today, we need to talk about how do I pay for all the stuff that I put in my box. So let's talk a little bit about what it looks like when people retire. Uh, Katie, have you ever heard anything about what you should do with your investments when you get close to retirement, you get older, are you supposed to get more conservative or more aggressive? I would think you should get more conservative as you're about to retire. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. And part of the reason that people think that is that, a lot of times they start looking at retirement almost like the finish line. Uh, they look at it as a time in life when I uh, kind of check the box. I made it. I'm no longer working and now I'm financially secure. And because of that, they have the sense that they have a really short time. horizon. Well, what can happen is when they think about the stock market or any investment market, really what they get concerned about is this downturn. And so when I think about retirement, and I think about it as a endpoint, I can get really nervous and think, man, I don't have very much time that I can make that up. However, you could have a long time in retirement. Katie, for you and Alex, what time do you guys think you want to retire? Realistically or our dream? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Realistically, maybe 60. Yeah. So when you think about age 60, how long did your your grandma on your mom's side live? Do you know how old she was? Uh, She was 95. So, you could have 35 years left in retirement. So, rather than thinking about this downturn here and being concerned about it, what we encourage our clients to do is to spread out their time horizon and really picture this entire time as the time that you have to invest because you really could live for 25 or 30 years inside retirement. And the reason we encourage people to do that, uh, you know, if you think right now, Katie, how's, what's going on? Uh, that you hear everybody talking about. Where's gas prices? Where's costs going up? Everything's crazy. Uh, yeah. Gas prices are crazy. Inflation is high. Everything feels like it takes more than it used to. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's one of the reasons why, as we talk to clients, and, and really when you think about what it's gonna take when you get retirement and how you pay for it, you have to think about how am I going to manage my money? And so I'd like to walk through a little bit uh, what we consider around here, we kind of call high blood pressure risk. Uh, and you think, probably sounds silly for a financial topic, but but I equate this to having high blood pressure. Let's say that you had a thousand dollars that you were gonna invest somewhere. If you had that thousand dollars and you could put it into a 10% investment or into an investment paying 5%, what would that look like? Well, in the first example here, so if you got a thousand dollars invested at 10%, now, before we go there, and talk about how much you'd make. Katie, if you make money on, on something, what do you have to do with it? Uh, do you just get to keep it all for yourself? Uh, no, the government wants a piece of it. Yeah, you gotta pay some tax on it. And so what we what we typically do with this is we start to say, how much money will I actually get to keep rather than worrying about how much money did I make? And so in this first example, if you are in a 28% tax bracket, what ends up happening is you have this 10%, you would make $100 on that. In the twenty-eight percent tax bracket, it would mean that you had to pay twenty-eight dollars in tax. Over here at five percent, you would have made fifty bucks. That's half of the hundred. At twenty-eight percent, you pay fourteen dollars in tax. Now we're just talking about inflation. That means that in order for you to go to the grocery store and buy the same amount of milk, bread, and eggs this year as you did last year, you better bring more money with. Well, if inflation is four percent, that means that we had to make. $40 $40 just to be able to buy the same amount of milk bread mags. Well, what happens is by the time I make my $100, I subtract my taxes, I subtract inflation, I am $32 more wealthy at the end of, the, at the end of that year. Over here, 5%, I make 50, I subtract 14 for taxes, I subtract my inflation, I am $4 less wealthy. The reason I call that high blood pressure risk, if you do that year in and year out, in the beginning, it might not be noticeable. I'm 44 right now. If I have high blood pressure and I don't do anything about it, I don't even know that it's there, I don't have a problem today, but 25 years I will, and it's the same thing with your money. If you, you won't notice that you have the issue because you're making 50 bucks and it's 50 bucks, it's 50 bucks, and it feels really good because there's not a lot of volatility to it. However, if I don't have enough and I don't make enough to outpace taxes and inflation in 20 years, I'm gonna have a problem. And so we have to balance that because what happens is as people start thinking about this downturn, that down is not your risk. What your risk is, is that when you get down here at the bottom of that dip, that that's when you need your money. If you have to sell when it's down, that'll end up being a big deal. What we have to do is we have to structure your investments in your portfolio so that we can ride through that downturn and wait till we get back up here and take money out of there. So let's talk a little bit about how we do that. How do you structure your portfolio? So what I like to think about, uh, Katie, have you ever been to a water park, like maybe up to the Wisconsin Dells or something like that? Mm-hmm, yep. And at those water parks, everyone I've ever been to, uh, so we've got four kids at home. Well, not anymore I had uh, my, My oldest daughter just got married. So we've got three kids that are still at home. And when we took them when they were little, all, every water park I ever went to had this kids area where all the kids would play. And up above it, there was usually this great big, I don't know, I'll call it a bucket. It was a a big bucket, I guess, that uh, filled up with water. And Katie, did did you ever see those? Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bell goes (laughs) off, all the kids come running. All the kids run. Yeah, that's right. They'll come run into it because it fills up with water, spills over, and all the water comes splashing and, and fills all the uh wipes out all the kids, get some all that. In essence, what we do is we set up your investments the exact same way. So what's gonna happen is we're gonna picture this kind of like that water park with the big bucket up at the top. We're gonna have a bucket that we're gonna call your growth bucket. Inside of this growth bucket, we're gonna focus and it's gonna be all about how do I try to make 10%. I'm using 10% hypothetically, but, but we, what we want to do is we want to grow that part of the, of the bucket or that part of your portfolio. It's going to have the, the volatility that you're afraid of. However, by having some money in that growth, it will allow us to try to outpace taxes and inflation. And what we're going to do is we're going to put a little trigger right there. As this grows and it goes past that trigger. Guess what happens? Ding, 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 it spills over and it comes down and fills up this next bucket. This next bucket is an intermediate bucket. As an intermediate bucket, what that means is it's not super growthy, not super aggressive, but it's also not extremely conservative. It's somewhere in the middle. So if we do have some volatility, it's not going to move near as much as your growth bucket, but also it's gonna be there if you need some extra stuff. You wanna go on a vacation, uh, redo the driveway. There's some extra cash so that we can use to fund that. And we put a little trigger there too. And then once this grows, ding, 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 spills down and it fills up down here, what we call your income bucket. And the income bucket is where we generate the money that you're going to live on day in and day out every month. Your income comes out of there and we have enough there so that when this downturn happens, you're not selling at the bottom. We have time for it to grow back, and you sell at the top because this growth bucket at that point, when it's come back up, the trigger's tripped and it starts going down again. And so as you think about how do I fund all the stuff that I put in my living retirement life of significance into that box, it has to have a good balance of I've got growth, I've got some intermediate, and I've got some income. Uh, and, and that's really how you put together that life of funding, at least that life of significance. Uh, Katie, when you think about you and Alex, uh, and you think about getting to age 60, uh, and we talked you know, last time a little bit about some of the significant things you're going to be doing. When you think about how you fund that, what do you think? Do you think you want to have more money than you have right now? Or, would you, or do you think you're going to want to scale back? I would think, we doesn't everybody always want more money? Yeah, yeah, more money is never a bad thing, right? Well, in the way <laughs> yeah, we More problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about it? How about it? Uh, you know, and a lot of times as we look at that, uh, people think in retirement that I'm not gonna need as much income. Many times our clients think that. Uh, and, and in some ways it's true because I'm, I don't know who you and Alex are, but I'm sure you probably have mortgage payments and all that kind of stuff and worried about paying for a college education for Dylan and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and so for, in some ways you don't need as much money. But in other ways, you almost need more to fund all that stuff that you put in the box. And if we're not careful with it, you might start out in the beginning having plenty of money. But by time uh, you get towards the end of retirement, you could be running out. I hope that this was helpful for you today. Uh, we always enjoy talking to you and are happy when you dial in. Thanks for joining this episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. And if you found any of this information helpful, like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. See you soon.